Welcome to the Ghosts of Harren Hall. My name is Simon. And I'm McKelly. Thank you for joining us for episode 5 of our chapter-by-chapter book review of A Song of Ice and Fire series by George R. R. Martin. Today we're discussing chapter 4 of A Game of Thrones, edited 1. We'll summarise the chapter, discuss what we think, provide some non-spoiler background and discuss comparisons with the TV show. How are you doing? Good. Yeah. Good. Did you have a good week? Oh, not too bad. I haven't not seen you much since this uh, the last time we recorded no <laughs> no i've been busy yes I've been busy. you are busy yeah all right let's start with our usual summary of the chapter mckelly okay king robert baratheon and his entourage have finally arrived at winterfell and it seems as though king robert is nearly unrecognizable to his old friend ned he's gained some serious weight since ned last saw him nine years ago when the duo paired up to crush the Greyjoy rebellion after formal introductions between the royal family and the starks Robert insists Ned take him directly to the crypt to pay respects to Lyanna Stark, his original betrothed. Queen Cersei tries to reason with Robert that it's been a long journey and the dead can wait, but Robert will not hear it. While in the crypt, we see how much both Robert and Ned love and miss Ned's younger sister Lyanna. We also learn some specifics about how Ned's brother Brandon died and of the duel between Rhaegar and Robert at the Fort of the Trident and more info on John Aaron's sudden death. It seems that John was the picture of health one day and dead two weeks later from some terrible ailment. Robert reveals that Liza Aaron took her young son Robert back to the Eyrie against her king's wishes and that King Robert intends young Robert to be fostered by Tywin Lannister and Casterly Rock, much to Ned's displeasure. Robert finally gets to the point of his visit. He asks Ned to be his hand of the king. Ned anticipated that, but needs to think on the answer. Robert then follows that up with a marriage proposal between his son Joffrey and Ned's daughter Sansa. Yes. So, um, Lyanna Stark is Ned's sister, right? Yes, who she is. Younger sister. That's who Robert clearly still holds a candle for. He seems to. Yes. So, this is the first time we've circled back to revisit characters that we've met before. And I, I would like to apologize to Garrod yeah, he of doesn't. the Night's Watch because he was in two chapters. He was the first person to be in two chapters. Right. But yep. uh, He's not going to be in anymore, no, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. Big party has arrived. It's a big party, yeah. I mean, it seems... Heck, the 40 horses that pulled the wheelhouse. It must be a hefty that, wheelhouse. That would yeah. be tough to uh, accommodate. A wheelhouse that can't get through the gates of castles that it visits. <laughs> right. seems an unnecessarily <laughs> large wheelhouse. Well... Uh, uh, I believe, as Caitlin says, where the king goes, the kingdom follows, no, or true. something along those lines. Yeah. And, and and the gain of weight is not just the crown, presumably it's some of the... <laughs> <laughs> or the beard. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and if, if there was any doubt of what the source of contention and concern and foreboding that the characters had been feeling with the stag antler and the dead direwolf, the crown stag banners flying everywhere as Robert arrives... Should put the should reinforce that. Yes, for, I think we know daddies. now yeah. why there was concern. Yeah. So Robert's gotten fat. He has. I mean, I sympathize. Yeah, it happens to us all. I, so I've got a, a British question I, I for you. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. I know where you're going with this. How much is a stone? Yes. <laughs> I've, I've wondered that. I should have looked it up. I've always wondered how much a stone is. stone is 14 pounds. It's not that complicated. pounds. Okay. okay you're so, the people who still have pounds and ounces. <laughs> <laughs> True, <laughs> but we we should throw a stone in there from time to Why time, not? I guess. Why not? So. I, actually, I've got to say, I've lived here long enough now that I actually find weights like 
150 pounds to be as comprehensible as 10 stone 10. <laughs> 10 stone 10. But okay. there was a long time yeah. when I was like, why don't you just say 10 stone 10? That's much more understandable. Because <laughs> that's 10 stone plus 10 pounds, you know? Okay, yeah, that... Um, that would make a lot of sense. So how many, it's more interesting, that's for yeah. sure. He's gained eight stone. That's in, that's a lot. In nine years that's, since that's Ned last that's, that's an extra 120 pounds. I'm glad you did the math for me. Yeah, I was trying to do it in my head, and I thought, yeah. nah. Like most math instances, I let you do it for me. He, he was he is six foot six though. So I mean, and six foot six, and the, the you know he was a muscled Adonis. Right. Yeah. Fifteen years ago, 120 pounds on top fantasy. of that, he might not look that fat. I mean, he might just be like just. Fat. fat. Not really fat. I mean, if I gained 120 pounds, that'd be like terrifying. <laughs> but if I was six foot six and broad, you can carry an extra 120 pounds without looking quite so. Although the way Ned describes him, it seems like he's not wearing it well. He's hiding it with the beard, apparently, the royal jowls, I think he refers to. <laughs> Something that made me laugh when I was reading is Ned refers to the smell of leather and blood clung to him like perfume back during the Great Joy Rebellion, yeah. and now perfume clung to him like perfume. <laughs> ah, that made me laugh. It's humor. <laughs> so they reference how large the North is, that sparse population, but it yes. is large part, basically the same size as the rest of the Seven Kingdoms. Pretty close. Yeah. It's, it's, it's big compared to the rest. Yeah. Robert doesn't like the weather. No, no, he does not care for... Summer snows, which I, I got to side with him on that. Yeah, nobody really wants that. But but hey, if you've had a nine-year summer, which I believe they're in the middle of, you know, you might long for snow at right. that point. Yes, yeah. I feel like we've been in the middle of a nine-year summer. It does feel like it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do get some very vivid descriptions of life in the South from Robert. He goes on and on, especially about the women, but also the wine and the food. Yeah, yeah, he does go on about it. I, I would like to say that it is from the perspective of the king, Life in the South for the king right. is the, the wine, the food, the women. Yes. For the rest of us, it might be more flea-bottom. We still, <laughs> we still have day jobs. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Of course, he mentions that everyone is fat and drunk and rich. Again, from the perspective of the king. You're right. <laughs> the people bringing him the wine right. aren't any of those things. <laughs> it might expa- explain his expanded waistline yes, and his royal rather, jowls. Rather. But things get serious when they get... Uh, yeah, yeah. Get down there right as they arrive. You know, before he even goes to hit the head. <laughs> Perhaps there's uh, there's facilities in the wheelhouse. <laughs> it's large enough. <laughs> That's true. Before it, it just leaves a trail behind it. <laughs> horses. There's forty horses. There's plenty yeah, of things being left yeah, in there. Exactly. Yeah. Imagine the king's road well, now. Yes, he, he he demands to see Liana's yeah, tomb. Hops out. Says Ed. Good. Ed says Ned. Good to see you. Let's go to the crypt. So, so is this his first visit to Winterfell since she died? It seems like it. Uh, it probably is, isn't it? Because yeah. they, they won the crown down on the Trident, and then right. probably went to King's Landing, yeah, and he's never he's been, been back. Yeah. yeah, He's been busy. So this is the first time seeing her too. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he also spurned Cersei to visit his ex. Yes, what he did to his wife was uh, unconscionable, just a little strong, because I don't think she's necessarily the... The nicest wife, but right. it was slap in the face. Let's yes. be honest, it's not it's nice. Often a not well received move <laughs> to, <laughs> to spurn your wife or your ex. That yeah. rarely yeah. leads to positive things, alive or dead. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, uh, things got serious at Lyanna's tomb. He's uh, clearly still very uh, in love with her. Yes, he was moved. 
because yeah. there's a lot of tenderness and reverence, yeah. which seems to be a departure from his normal character that we got yeah. a glimpse of. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, clearly he doesn't feel the same way about his wife that he feels about his... Yes, yes. Based on uh, what we've seen, yeah. he clearly doesn't have equal feelings. Ned says, well, I think he's thinking, and he doesn't say it, that he loved her with all his heart and Robert loved her more. Mm. So, Bigger heart, presumably. True, Big yeah. <laughs> so Robert's still not exactly forgiven the Targaryens, it seems. No, he Completely no. blames them for her death. Although the situation of her death is not completely made clear. No, she, it's not. She, it's very vague. She dies. It, um, it does mention a fever. So that's what Ned says of of her death. Just yeah, the so. fever had taken her voice and she was only whispering. But um, So that leads, unless there's biological warfare going on, someone dying of a fever you could have hard time blaming it on someone else so something else has happened well um, there's uh, some the, the flip side of that being she caught the fever while a hostage of the Targaryens right okay so yeah. you blame the Targaryens for that so he totally blames Rhaegar wants to kill Rhaegar every night in his dreams yes and, um, and that that Rhaegar is the same Rhaegar from the previous chapter just to make that clear he's the order, yeah, order brother of series and Danny, and I really love the battle scene they describe when Rhaegar and Robert met at the ford of the Trident. It was really, really well done. It yeah, it kind of kind of reminds me of in the Lord of the Rings movies. The uh, one of the movies starts with probably the second movie, I would guess, with Isildur cutting the ring from uh, Sauron's finger. Yeah, yeah, and this that scene sort of reminds me of that sort of like. The battles of today are kind of like a pale shadow of what the battles used to be. Right, yeah. Used to be one on one men yeah. fighting to the death kind of thing. So yeah, we, we learned that Ned was with Lyanna when she died. Yes. And so And he's suffered a lot at the hands of the Targaryens. He's arguably had more loss than Robert. Yes. Yes, because he lost Lyanna too, but he also lost father and brother. Yes. We get a taste of Ned and Robert's relationship what they mean to each other clearly robert wants ned to loosen up and be his bro but (laughs) he says if i hear your grace one more time i'll have your head on a spike we're more to each other than that but ned is yeah nothing if not a rule follower he's got to know this yeah that's what i'm thinking you got to know this know your audience ned hasn't just developed this recently this is this is ned to the core of his being his last name's not stark for yeah, nothing. Exactly. <laughs> the Winterfell crypts are nice. Yeah, I, there was interesting description of the way the shadows shifted as they moved yeah. along with the with the torches, which is how it would be, and it would be a little bit freaky. It, yeah, it gives, a, it gives kind of a spooky vibe, a yeah. blo- uh, iron long swords laid across the laps of each lord of Winterfell to keep vengeful spirits in the crypts and some of those yeah. ancient ones. The, Rusted away. The, uh, yeah, and he's wondering, does that mean that the spirits can get out and roam Winterfell. And it's interesting that he, he perceives those ancestors as being like much more rigid and hard than he. Right, yeah. He who is like... <laughs> the most rigid. <laughs> he sees... Because you know, of course they were kings of the North, not just lords of the North. So right. I mean, he, he sort of like, I think he thinks that they were a greater version of the Starks than he is. So I think what he's getting at is parties at Winterfell were not exactly... Yeah. Full of fun and enjoyment. No, and I, I liked the reference to 
past Liana's crypt, the tombs were empty and unsealed, black holes waiting for him and his children. That's a yeah. That, that, it unsettled him. And yeah. It would be unsettling right. to have that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Did they get to pick them out ahead of time? I think they probably just work from front to back. So right. you get the yeah. next one. Yeah. Basically, you get what good you point. get. Good point. So Ned's father and brother died at the hands of King Aerys. Brandon was strangled yeah. while his father watched. Ouch. That's, uh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> not, not ideal. <laughs> you had asked in episode three, you had asked what age we thought they, that Ned and Robert were. We did. And we get a, we can kind of put it together based on some ages we got in this chapter. Brandon was age 20. Liana was age 16. Ned is the middle child between the two of them. So we were right. We said mid to late teens. Yep. So it's, a, it's about that. And I think Robert's the same age as Ned, roughly. Yeah. 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 So we're assuming. So Brandon was supposed to marry Cat- Catelyn in yeah. Harry Winterfell. So Catelyn was destined to be the Lady of Winterfell, but she just changed husband. Yeah. And Brandon was... Interestingly, Ned just kind of, because of the misfortune, walked into his brother's life. Yeah. He got his title, became... Lord of Winterfell and married the woman that Brandon was betrothed to. And yeah. that's, uh, because that kind of marriage would not be one of love anyway. It would right. be arranged to yeah. seal the deal between the two houses. So so that must affect him, at least early on, affect him in, in some ways that he's walking into his dead brother's life, basically, just yeah. picking up where he left off. Probably didn't make him any warmer and fuzzier. No, no. <laughs> Although, compared to the ancestors, obviously. Right. He's the life of the barn. Soft and child of summer. Well, he did give in to the dire wolves. He did. Apparently true. those ancestors They were. would have spit-roasted them. <laughs> we reference, we get a reference to the Greyjoy's rebellion of seven years earlier. So that's since Robert became king. There was a rebellion where... Nine, I think, nine years. Oh, is it nine years? I'm I sorry, think it's I apologize. Nine. It's one of the two. Uh, but, but still, since Robert became king, the Iron Islands tried to break away and claim themselves to be the kings of the Iron Islands. It seems that Ned and Robert went and put it down they did very effectively yes and one of the outcomes of that is Theon who we met in uh, the uh, chapter one yes he was the he was taken light hearted yes laughing kicking poor Garrett's head away from him boy he was taken as ward slash hostage to Winterfell it seems like Ned has treated him well though it's not given like... given what a smart mouth he was right I mean if you <laughs> If you're really holding him as a prisoner, you wouldn't let him get away with that kind of uh, flippancy, I would right. think. Yeah. But I think I think this was kind of common in these in, in this era, if you map it onto our world, that this kind of sharing of your children to help cement alliances, but also to keep alliances straight, was was, yes. was done. So even though there's reasons for the for animosity between the two houses. They treat the kid fine, and, and he yeah. seems, seems to seems be enjoying to himself. Yeah. Be educated along with his children. Yeah, you assume based on the way he was treated at poor Garrett's beheading, he seems to just be one yeah. of the kids. Yeah, possibly slightly higher on the social echelon than John. Right? Yeah. True. John Good point. Is so the John John Aaron and family. Yeah. We get a little bit about them. Apparently, his death was quick but unexplained. And now there is a uh, six-year-old as Lord of the Eyrie. Not only a six-year-old, but a sickly six-year-old. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what's going on with the Aaron family. They've yeah. gone back to, which we already knew. Yeah. We knew in Chapter 2 that they'd gone back to the Eyrie. 
and now Robert says that was against his wishes, and it's not good to go against the wishes of yeah. the king. So who does who does Ned suggest that they could foster, could foster Robin instead of Tywin he, Lannister? He offers to. Oh, he offers to. Yep. And but Robert doesn't want that because that would be a slight to the Lannisters. Yes. And so it's, he's married to them. Yes, yeah, which he points out. Yes. He says, "I don't care about hurting the pride of a Lannister," and he's like, "That's because you're not, not married, married to him." Yeah. So. yeah, but clearly fostering is a is a common thing done in Westeros. Yeah, yep. that, that's where Ned yep. and Robert which, met. Which you can see in this case why it would be valuable because Robin, you know, he doesn't have his father anymore, but he needs to be taught how to be Lord of the Eyrie and whatever else Warden of the East Warden of the East which he has stripped from him for the moment Robert Uh, has stripped from Uh, and going to a house with a you know a a Lord Warden of the West Lord of the North oh oh, yeah yeah. I was thinking Warden of the North he is the Warden of the North and Tywin Lannister is the Warden of the West either way he's going to a Warden's house exactly so he'll learn to do what he needs to do there yes So um, we get to the crux of the the visit. Yep. Robert wants Ned as his hand. That he does. I guess everyone saw that coming. Yeah. He yeah. wasn't going to ride north just to say, man, I'm so yeah, upset yeah, about yeah. John. So. I wanted to see snow forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the most important uh, for plot and story, this yeah. whole. Decent self-awareness by Robert that he recognizes that he's surrounded by flatterers and... Uh, Liars and fools. Yeah. Certainly. Needs, needs someone who can talk straight to him like Ned. Clearly will. And Ned's I, not capable of not. Right. Him. That's what I was just about to say. I think Ned would make a fantastic <laughs> yeah. Hand of the King, especially for such a loose fly by the seat of his pants king yeah. such as Robert. Yeah, yeah, they would be a good combination. Yeah, but Ned. It's a huge opportunity for Ned. You know, so much power, but it takes him away from where he wants to be. He's Warden of the North. He's a Stark. Always a Stark in Winterfell. He wants to be in the north. That's where he belongs. And winter is coming. Winter is coming. Yeah. So <laughs> how could he leave? Heading south might be the thing to do, to be honest. <laughs> and uh, for everyone but a Stark. This is of, what they've been waiting for. Yeah. We told you. Yeah. So temp- tempering the self-awareness, I mean, there's also the bone idleness. I think Robert wants Ned to do all the work. Yes, so he can yeah, party. Yep. Yeah. He literally says that. I, <laughs> if I wanted to honor you, I'd let you retire, but I plan on making you run the yeah. whole show. And uh, start, I think it says literally that he was filled with a terrible sense of foreboding, even though he saw it coming. Right. Hearing the words gave him the sense yeah, of foreboding. Probably so. gave him the chills. Yeah. yeah which is funny, you know, We've had the dead direwolf with the stag antler in the throat. We've had the others, and now the king asks him to go, asks him to go south with him. And now <laughs> this is what makes. he's like. Wait a second, <laughs> that's creepy. <laughs> so that uh, they agree that Joffrey and Sansa will marry. Yes. she's only twelve. Is that right? So they said yeah, a couple more years. Yeah, she's somewhere around that. But that would make her. Queen of Westeros. One yes, day. I'm sure she won't be upset about that. Well, we don't really know what Sansa's character is yet. True. She might be fiercely independent tomboy. Right. That's she possible. She won't want that. She will not. She but might possible. be very happy she, with it. She might uh, enjoy being the Queen of Westeros someday. I was, I was thinking about the, the casting in the TV show of the kids and how the sisters, Arya and Sansa, ended up growing up to be young women. And right. They couldn't have been more physically different. Could not. Could not. <laughs> They're both great choices in yeah. their own way, but they were not the same. Right. 
They did not look like sisters. No, no, not at all. They didn't really right at the start, but then they just diverged. Yeah, they just kept more. going in yeah. the opposite directions. So Robert, he comes uh, comes across a bit uh, boorish and in need of some fatherly direction and discipline. Yeah, he he's a big kid. Probably not the best choice for King. Mm-hmm. If they were to do it again, maybe I feel like maybe Ned has a more uh, personality suited to rule than Robert. Yes, yeah, clearly. But I mean, Robert was six foot six and chiseled and could, uh, could com- wield a warhammer that Ned could barely lift. <laughs> so, so telling him you don't want him to be king <laughs> might have been difficult at that moment. And, but, and it's not like Ned is a little man. He's a he's a big guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and his, his casual thoughtlessness towards his wife can't bode well for their long-term happiness. No, on and on about the women in the South. That's <laughs> not very He wasn't doing that in front of her, at least. <laughs> right. he, did, he did say, I'm off to see my, uh, my dead lover Yes, right. in front yeah. of her. Yep. And he, at least once, if not more than once, says, the others take my wife. Uh-huh. Well, he's brought her <laughs> to the right place. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe when Ned mentions that he needs to see the wall, maybe. Yeah. Like, Cersei, come with me. <laughs> yeah. Look what's over here. <laughs> All right. So comparing with the TV show, this is very, very close. Um, we're still pretty close. Yeah. The, For a the, while. Yeah. We're going to be pretty close. But brushes over the children. We don't haven't met the children yet. It just says they get introduced to one another right. sort of thing. But in the show, we've already met them, so they get a little more airtime, okay, get a little right. more color. But yeah, yeah it's, it's it's this this whole chapter is well reproduced in the show. Yeah, that's going to go on for a bit. Yeah, well, you're well, you're right. We were talking about this earlier that that throughout this first probably the first half of this book, it should be pretty well mm-hmm. reproduced. Yeah. But I bet I bet we'll find chapters that just get dropped though. True. Fair, yeah. Before too long. Yeah. Just because they're treading water. So background. background. Yeah. Let's do some background. So we talked about the Greyjoys a little bit in the background of last week's chapter. Four, uh, this is for so chapter three. So now we get a reference in this chapter to the Greyjoy Rebellion. So let's talk a little bit about that. So Balon Greyjoy, the self-styled King of the Iron Islands, tried to break away from the rule of the Seven Kingdoms in an attempt to reestablish a former way of life for his people that was lost 300 years ago when Aegon the Conqueror took up rule over all of Westeros. Yeah, and so we, like we mentioned, we understand why Theon is in Winterfell now. Yep. We also get the sense of why Viserys believed the Greyjoys would be one of the houses that would support them. Yes. The he, Greyjoys clearly have an axe to grind with the current regime. He's, I, I believe he's right in yes, that regard. Yes, I believe so too. Although... Given that they broke away to try and... They didn't try to steal the Iron Throne. They tried to break away and form their own kingdom. Right, yeah. That's not really what Viserys wants. I doubt, yeah. I yeah. doubt he would be <laughs> thrilled with that either. But they are an ocean-going family. And so that could be useful because, if you remember, this, we, the narrow sea was not that narrow. Not right. that wide, but not that narrow. Yeah. So they do need boats to get back. Good point. We learned a little bit about the Kingsguard. They're known as White Cloaks. They're the knights who protect the king at all times. Usually made up of the best of the best of knights, kind of like the Secret Service of Westeros. It's a lifetime appointment, and much like the Knights Watch, they give up all claims to lands they can't marry and are forbidden to father children. They are. I don't. The the idea of white cloaks that seems like the the laundry people must just be furious with that decision. 
how do you keep those cloaks that, so white that's all a the good time? point yeah, that's a good you know? point Couldn't but i mean been brown cloaks yeah. have, it's a muddy place it, you know they don't have a lot of paved streets and if it's anything like the secret service they're like in the strip joints in flea bottom all the time getting them filthy <laughs> so this one might seem a little off the wall but i personally wondered about this when i was rereading the chapter so i went and looked up the difference between a free rider and sellsort were they both mentioned they were both mentioned. They were both mentioned in chapter two. Oh, Caitlin mentioned bugging you ever since. <laughs> I think that's when I went and looked it up. Mm-hmm. Actually, Caitlin mentions. Ned says, "How many are they? How many are coming? Do you think?" And she mentions free riders uh, and sell swords. Uh, I believe. I see. I, I that was a no, few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sell swords. They're mercenaries that fight for pay. Usually veterans of wars. They may or may not have a horse. Free riders obviously by their name, must have a horse of some kind. Unless they're really free riders. <laughs> <laughs> a little stick. <laughs> a stick between the legs. Two halves of a coconut. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly, they're just there for room and board, hoping to catch the favor of some lord or knight, often inexperienced oh, young that's men. That's actually very fascinating. Thank you for bringing that up. I, Kelly. I, often I sneer at the things you bring up, but this <laughs> one, I grant you, was worth learning about. It was worth the minute it took. Thank you. <laughs> and um, we got a mention of Howland Reed. We did, yeah. The first time you want the to talk Cranog about him. man, he called him. Yeah, that, that, what, what does that mean exactly? This is like That's the name of... Of the people that of, live in the uh, neck. I see. They're known as Cranog Men. I, I believe. See, that's I They see. refer I to think them that's, as I think that's right, Cranog too. Men. So you, you talk about Howland Reed. You, okay. know, you know more about him than I do. He's the Lord of Greywater Watch. He's the head of House Reed, which would make sense. Yeah. Being that his last name is Reed. He uh, leads the Cranog Men of the Neck, and he owes fealty to Ned, which would be why he was around when Ned was uh, with Liana as she died. Oh, that's right. That's what that's where he gets mentioned in this chapter. Yes, isn't it? I forgot. he was yeah. he was with him yeah. when he was when Leanna was dying. So the neck, getting a little bit off of Howland Reed here, but the neck is an important geographical area of Westeros. It separates the north from the other six kingdoms, and it's full of bogs and swamps, and it forms a natural barrier which makes it difficult to lead large forces through it. So you know, it's kind of a it's a choking point, hence the name, the neck. It's a narrowing of the land, and it's just can, it's just not a good place to lead a perfect sense. So, horse through. Yeah. Um, onto pedantry, I couldn't see anything in this one. I'm sorry. I really was looking forward to pedantry corner, but it's been a bit of a dud. So excitingly, we have some mail. Yes, we do. Why don't you tell us what we got? All right. I like the way it's uh, signed off, sleepless in Sunspear. That's very clever. Nice. <laughs> uh, of course, it then underneath says. Totally not your friend Dan. Well, yeah. <laughs> I suspect it is. Yeah, yes. Yeah. The email address kind of... It, it being tipped, Dan's email address. Yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. tipped it off. Yeah. So it, we believe our friend Dan, even though he says it's not our friend Dan. So uh, I'll read some of the email. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's kind of long, but I'll, uh, I'll give you some of it. It starts, In your second episode, McKelly mentioned that he reads the narrative with an internal English accent. Dan says, I do this all the time too, and I think a lot of Americans do the same. So why? Is it because American readers tend to think of fantasy as hearkening back to the mythical and patently English past due to pioneers of the genre, like Tolkien, Lewis, and Chesterton? Well, that is a good question. But I, I, I feel that I am not the expert here. 
because <laughs> I read it with an internal English accent because that's my internal <laughs> that's, voice. That's true. Yeah, I guess you don't really have much to uh, say I, about it. I certainly it. didn't notice I was hamming it up while I was reading it. So <laughs> you're on your own here. Well, my take on it is that American history, uh, the current American history, only goes back a few hundred years. So anything dealing with medieval-type things, which Westeros is not medieval times, but suggests it. Yes. Being that the vast majority of Americans speak English, it uh, makes sense that we think of things with uh, in medieval times using English yeah. accents. I mean, that, that is actually perfectly logical, what you're saying. It's just, I wonder if it's taken popular culture to reinforce that idea. Because, right. yeah, yeah. you know, like, I, I don't read things set in, you know, the Middle Ages in England with a sort of, like, an archaic English accent. <laughs> yeah. I just read it with an English accent. <laughs> and I just wonder if it's taken, you know, Connecticut Yankee in the court of King Arthur or something like that to get people here thinking along those lines. Yes, I agree. Yep. The casting of movies and shows kind of reinforced that, mm. except for Kevin Costner and Robin Hood. He didn't even try. My, I mean, I'm, I said I wouldn't have an opinion here, but you know me. I will have an opinion. I, I think it is DNA. I mean, basically... Your DNA is crying out to you that this, <laughs> right. this is how it should sound. <laughs> but it is interesting because, I mean, Martin is American, right? He's Yes. He's American. So. Yes. And it's funny. I just assumed both Martin and Patrick Rothfuss were British until I did some digging. I was oh. like, oh, wait, no. One's from Jersey, I think. I think Martin's from uh, New York, New Jersey right. area. Yeah. And Rothfuss is from... Uh, Wisconsin or something yeah. like that. Now you've mentioned Patrick Rothfuss. I think that's the first time we've mentioned him, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. We like his books, too. Yes, maybe we'll start a podcast uh, yeah, yeah. About if he ever finishes that third one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't wait for George right. Martin to finish this. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, um, thank you, Sleepless in Some Spirits. It's, it's an interesting question. Keep the mail coming. Thank you. So, um, well, that's it. We've, we've met both. Um, sets of royal families. We've yeah. seen the two perspectives of Robert's rebellion. We have, yeah. And we have two good cliffhangers at the end of this chapter. We've got Ned. He's stuck between honor and duty and staying where he belongs. What's he going to do? And what would Joffrey and Sansa's betrothal mean to the families? Yeah. And and is she a, a independent-minded tomboy who would have no interest in that? We'll find we'll out. Find we'll find out, I guess. Um, great way to end the chapter. Yeah. And and of course, I mean, what I what I really like and what I've liked all along is is the the backstory of the rebellion. Yes, I, I, and me too. Every bit of that is interesting to me. So now we've got a lot more about the way it was triggered with uh, Aerys killing uh, Randon, Ned's father, and Ned's father. Although yeah. it, that isn't actually mentioned, I don't think in this chapter. I think that's a slight spoiler. But I think given that he's buried. In yes, tomb. <laughs> it's clear he didn't come out of it totally. That's fine. true. Yeah. He just watched. He Brandon just watched die. Brandon die. It doesn't mention that he gets killed, but yes. then they're both buried together. So yes, and then we're not sure exactly. We, we, it hasn't been explained why uh, Liana was kidnapped or was. We don't know. We, uh, in chapter th- three, no, yeah, chapter three, 
the series mentions di- uh, Rhaegar dying for the woman that he loves. Uh, yeah. But that's all we know. Yeah. It yeah. might not have even, you know. Yeah. As we said at the time, I think it could he could be talking about Elia Martel. Right, yeah. Because she was, died as well. It was his wife. Yeah, so. It'd be nice if somewhere in the story someone loved their wife. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Ned. All, all we know is Robert's mad at Rhaegar. Oh, yeah. And, and Rhaegar being dead has not stopped that. Right. And Rhaegar died for the woman he loves. Yeah. Whether those two things are related, we don't know. Yeah. But we know Robert loved Lyanna. That's for sure. Yes. That's for sure. With more than all his heart. More than. <laughs> yes. He has no room left for his poor wife, apparently. <laughs> yeah. At least very little. <laughs> all right. Thanks. That's all for this episode. Yep. Uh, please subscribe if you're enjoying it. We're, uh, we're really enjoying doing it. And uh, please yes, keep the... Uh, a mail coming we if we if we get any more you're bound to get on air I promise yeah, you yeah, for uh, sure so get in touch at ghosts.harrenhall at gmail.com yep uh, until All next right. time bye Thanks. bye